You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 25 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds. And I am delighted to welcome on the line Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. Good to speak to you again. How are you doing? I'm not bad. I am Good. not bad. I don't think we've ever had such an action-packed mm-hmm. blockbuster fixture lineup to talk about uh, than on this week's podcast. Do you? I mean, we've got all the fun of the FA Vars, and it's great to see that three of our sides managed to get so deep into that competition. And of course, we've had very full and entertaining fixtures in both the Premier and the First Division. So it really is a sort of a golden era for the Western League at the moment. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. There was lots going on, on on Saturday. It was sort of difficult to to keep up with everything. Obviously, the the big big cup ties, as you mentioned, and then yeah, plenty of plenty of goings on in the uh, in the in the two leagues. And in particular, I am really enjoying the uh, the first division title race this season. Yes, no, I, I, as am I. I think absolutely fascinating stuff. I mean, I, I get to watch first division football from the wrong end of the table. I was at um, Devizes Town um, this weekend. Uh, as I normally am when they're at home. Uh, To be honest with you, I did want to get along to the Bradford Town, Leighton Town, um, FA Vars game. I know we're going to be talking about that in a minute, but uh, I haven't been in the best of health. So um, I thought I'd um, I'd, um, I'd, I'd, I'd choose the more diplomatic route and stand at the window in the Devizes Clubhouse in the warm and uh, and watch another defeat. Um, But anyway, we won't we won't go into that. We won't go into that on this week's podcast. We will kick off, though, with the fixtures on Saturday, the 8th of February. And we are going to talk about the FA Vars. Um, three of our sides were in action. Of course, we talked about this the last time uh, we featured the Vars. All three sides were at home. Fantastic opportunity for progression. We're going to kick off with Bitten. The visitors were Sutton Common Rovers. 209 saw this one, Tom. And, um, well, a, a great way to kick off our coverage of the Vars on this episode. Absolutely. History history made there um, by Bitten, uh, reaching the last eight of the FA Vars for the, the first time ever. Uh, a 2-1 win uh, over Sutton Common Rovers in front of a yeah, healthy crowd, as you say. Really, really impressive afternoon uh, all around for them. And Josh Egan, he was very much the star Star man for Bitten. Uh, his first goal, which which propped up on uh, propped up on on Twitter within within moments of going in. So yeah, pretty good, pretty good effort. I can't remember who who posted that, whether it was the club themselves or whoever. But it, yeah, uh, a devilish free kick from from outside the area, uh, swung into the the top corner, giving the uh, Sutton keeper no chance. So yeah, putting putting Bitten ahead in the 26th minute, <clears throat> uh, and then 15 minutes from time, uh, Egan struck again to make it 2-0. Uh, he played in by Karen Rendell. And uh, yeah, put 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 putting two goals to the good with with just over 10 minutes to go. Uh, Sutton Common Rovers did manage to yeah pull one back. They set up a set up a nervy finishing with Adam Allen uh, scoring from close range. Uh, but uh, yeah, Bitten held out and uh, yeah move on to the 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 quarterfinals for the first time ever. Well, our next game is Bradford Town against Leighton Town. Of course, Bradford in recent seasons have wowed us with their very impressive FA Vars runs and none more impressive than uh, the run that they're on in this season up to the fifth round. But unfortunately, Tom, Bradford will be progressing no more. No, indeed. Uh, Another another really big crowd. I think it was 463. I've, I've managed to find that attendance figure today. Uh, we're there to, to, there to watch this one. So it was definitely a, a, big, a big crowd down there. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, Bradford 
just coming unstuck against uh, Leighton, as you mentioned. Uh, they were 2-0 down just before half-time uh, when Matty Morris, uh, he did score at the end of, end of the first half for the Bobcats to give them, give them a good opportunity in the second half. Uh, but they fell short, unfortunately, as I say, uh, Leighton scoring. Scoring a third to put the put the result beyond doubt, and uh, yeah, it was uh, the end of the road for Bradford, unfortunately. Well, we finish our FA Vars coverage with um, Plymouth Parkway. They were at home to West Auckland Town, the bookies' favourites for the tournament well, going into this competition. I did not know uh, go, that. Well, there you go. News to me. Um, uh, I did notice in the week that Plymouth um, Argyle were very keen to get behind their very close um, city neighbours and um, Parkway to uh, encourage their supporters uh, to get behind them. And indeed, that might have had something to do with the monster crowd um, that uh, uh, that watched this game at Belitho Park. Um, Tom, it was a it was an epic encounter. It had all the drama of Downton Abbey. Take us through it. <laughs> yeah, indeed, uh, Parkway. Uh, joining Bitten uh, in the last eight in front of 671 uh, there at Bluffo Park on, on Saturday afternoon. And, uh, yeah, the, the home side had to do it the hard way. They had to come from behind. Um, yeah, Parkway started the game really well. Uh, they had an effort cleared off the line inside the first minute, so uh, nearly nearly taking the earliest of, of leads. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, soon after that, uh, Amar Puruel uh, managed to turn the ball home to put West Auckland in front. So, uh, yeah, giving giving Parkway a pretty bit of a tough tough challenge to come back, uh, but then with half time on the horizon, uh, they managed to get get an equaliser. Uh, Rob Farkins uh, reacting uh, quickest to a loose ball in the area to to prod home, uh, making it one all at the break. So that was an important goal, obviously setting up a setting up a second half, which uh, Parkway managed to to win by one goal to nil. Uh, but it but it came the hard way. Adam Carter, uh, obviously doing. Amazing thing so far this season for them in terms of goals. He had a, an opportunity from the penalty spot uh, 10 minutes into the second half, but that, that was blazed over the bar. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, the second goal eventually coming for Parkway, uh, and it was a low finish from Billy Palfrey, helping them complete the turnaround. And, as I say, a massive, massive crowd. And, uh, yeah, massive congratulations to, to Parkway and Bitten, obviously, uh, are now in the last eight. And we'll have a look at that draw, which happened... Um... Uh, on Monday the 10th of February at lunchtime um, we'll have a look at that draw in a minute but um, before we move on the first of our featured interviews will be with Lee Hobbs the manager of Plymouth Parkway now Lee has already been on the, the podcast a couple of times this season his side of course going incredibly well at the top of the Premier Division and of course in the Vars now if you remember at the last round of the Vars we did speak to Dan Langdon the manager of Bitten after their successful um, uh, win in that competition and I do like to feature our Western League sides when they do triumph in this competition it's wonderful that two two teams are still involved at the quarterfinal stage it's history making uh, for Plymouth Parkway as well so I thought this was a wonderful opportunity to get back in touch and with Lee Hobbs to talk about that match and we started off by talking about how much Lee knew about West Auckland before the game we had the watch twice Within their domestic league games, and we um, we scrolled through four their last four games of footage, and we put together a video analysis presentation with, with, with the players on Wednesday night, so everyone had a clear picture in their mind uh, of what to expect, what we were going into, what their patterns of play were, where we felt we should win the game. So we left no stone unturned, really, mate, with regards to your preparation, which. To be fair, I think at this stage of the competition, you have to dig deep for all of that. And um, because obviously the team's 
are very, very superior. And if you don't do your research and you don't do your homework, then you can leave yourself wide open by going in blind and coming up short. Given how much effort you'd put into preparing for the game, I mean, did you feel that it was uh, it was all unravelling before you as you went 1-0 down? It was against a run of play, if I'm perfectly honest. The end the first half was a little bit nip and tuck, which I felt we ate, but we had two or three good chances before that, and over the balance of play in the whole fixture, we had enough chances to win two football matches. So, for me, West Auckland played their part, but... I thought you would flatter them a little bit, really. Because going into that match, they, I think that they were the bookies' favourites to win the competition outright. I mean, was that something that you were aware of before the game? And, uh, yeah, of course it was. Obviously, the Northern teams, the Northern teams, because of their pedigree within the competition, they're, they're always ranked higher than than most. Because obviously, the competition has been won out from that division. Oh, I can't calculate how many times, but. I know it's a fair few over the last 10 years, so, so naturally they are always favourites. Um, but listen, we, we knew we was at home, we knew what we were getting out of them, and I had a full strength to, team from and, uh, to, to choose from, and my players turned up properly and, and got the job done. The strength of the Northern League is, um, is, is still very relevant, isn't it? Because, of course, the, 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 the next round has been drawn and you are away to Hebburn Town. I mean, this time you're going to be on the wrong end of an 800-mile eight, round trip. Yeah, listen, it's, it's exciting, ain't it? Um, you, you, you go into big cities like Newcastle, getting your wits, obviously the logistics. It is what it is here, and I've still said that to you before. Whether we choose to fly or whether we choose to go by coach, I'm sure over the next week to 10 days we'll come up with a plan which is the best fit for the preparation of the players where we believe we'll stand them in the good stead to go into a job. But listen, to, to win this competition, you've got to beat the best to get to the big one. And we'll go there with no fear, mate. We, we know we know we're as good as anyone left in this competition. And yes, we're away from home, but I've told you before, we're, we're good on the road, mate. And... If you're going to go out of the competition, then to go out of the competition in a, in, a, in, a, in a city like Newcastle, then that can only be a good thing with what you can do after. Well, I mean, it really will be an incredible um, away day for your fans, and I know that the whole of the Western League family will be will be watching you and keeping their fingers crossed for you. Now, I know you don't want to reflect necessarily on what you've achieved this far because you're, you're clearly very focused on wanting to progress in this competition, and that's that's fantastic, but... It is worth reflecting that this is the first time in Plymouth Parkway's history that the club have got through to the quarterfinals of the Vars. What does that mean to the club? Well, it's a special occasion. Um, to be fair, the supporters all week leading up to the West Auckland game and the press and the media coverage that we've had surrounding it, it's been phenomenal. Um, uh, and they played their part on Saturday as well. Unfortunately enough, we can't reward them with another home tie. But like I said before, we've only had one one home tie within within the previous five rounds. So if we're going to win this competition here and we're going to have to do it the hard way. The draws have been kind to us right throughout. But it's, it's, it's something to look forward to on the back burner. We, 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 we need to stay grounded and, and that there's for later on. And now we need to, need to concentrate on our league form. Well, I know from um, our last conversation that you're not you're not worried about this good run in the Vars affecting your league form. But of course, it is interesting to note that Bradford, of course, who weren't successful in getting through their their FA Vars tie, now they're out of that that competition. Does that concern you at all that they're able to focus all of their attention now on the Western League? 
No, not really, mate. Um, uh, we wanted Bradford better and, and every Western League club to progress as far as they possibly could because um, it's a fantastic advert for Southwest football. But unfortunately for them, their, their runs come to an end. They've got, obviously, other things to concentrate on now with not just the league yet. They're, they're obviously still active in the Lesbonet and I'm not sure if they're in any county cups. So, listen, it is what it is in... If you, to be successful, this is what it is, and you've got to, you can't sit and whine and whinge about it, Ian. You've just got to deal with that as it comes, and that's one thing that we're prepared and ready to do. Because the reality is, most clubs, every club within our league, was give a right hand to be us, being pushing for league titles and in the quarterfinals of the FA Bad. So you can't see it as a hindrance, mate. You've got to see it only as a positive. I don't think yeah, there's going to be too many people disagreeing with you there, Lee. I mean, the games are coming thick and fast for you now in the league, aren't they? Aren't you? You've got Buckland away this week, then it's Bridgewater, and then it's Clevedon. That's three games in nine days, and none of them are going to be easy for you, are they? It's three games that we could arguably lose, Ian, if we if we don't turn up properly. But uh, to be fair, mate, these big games is what you're in football in Devon derbies and. We need to, we owe Bridgewater one, obviously, for turning us over earlier on in the season. And Cleveland, obviously, are a fantastic young outfit as well. But, listen, they won't relish playing us either. So, we can come through that with a good return of points then. Hopefully, it's done, I think, good stick going forward. But, um, listen, we're up for any game, mate, and just bring them on. It's as simple as that. And my thanks to Lee Hobbs for his time. So, having rounded up, then, um, the progress that our side's made in the fifth round of the FA Vars, it's only right to reflect upon a draw um, for the quarterfinals uh, that took place at one o'clock on TalkSport 2 for the quarterfinals of the this year's FA Vars. Now, we don't worry too much at this stage about how the other teams got on. We're really going to focus uh, on our on our member side. So, kicking off, then, Tom, with Bitten, who did they get in uh, in the next round of the competition? So they are away at Wroxham. Not Wrexham, but Wroxham. Uh, and that is up near Norwich. So, uh, yeah, an away tie for, for Bitten. Uh, but, uh, yeah, one they can um, yeah look forward to, definitely. Uh, yeah, Wroxham are an Eastern Counties League side and they have uh, lost only four times this season and only once of those has been at home. So Bitten are going to have their work cut out. And, of course, we've also got Plymouth Parkway. Now, in the last round, of course, West Auckland travelled nearly <laughs> 800 miles in a round trip, in fairness, um, to, uh, to get to Parkway. Who have Parkway got <laughs> this time round? It's almost like they're going to be making the, the reverse trip. You're right. Uh, they are away. Uh, they take on Hebben Town, which is up in the northeast, up in the uh, uh, South Tyneside. Uh, so, yeah, uh, a pretty pretty long trip for, for Parkway to look forward to. But, um, yeah, well, obviously going great guns in, in League and Cup this year. So they'll be, uh, yeah, well, they'll be, they'll be full of confidence, I'm sure, going into, into that encounter. And obviously both of those games on the 29th of February. So uh, plenty to look forward to over the next couple of weeks. Uh, previewing those games yeah not ideal that both sides are away from home no, but Parkway can take um, some um, some comfort from the fact that Hebben have been beaten um, seven times in the league so far this season and three of those have been at home they currently sit second in the Northern League but um, clearly not undefeatable and um, we know just how formidable the Plymouth outfit can be now moving on to the Premier Division a busy fixture list, plenty of goals on offer. And, um, well, there were five to talk about uh, at Halland, where the visitors were high-flying Exmouth Town. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and it was, well, most of them going to the home team. I think this was the game we picked out, obviously, a couple of the top sides in, in cup action. So uh, in terms of uh, Premier Division fixtures, I think this was the, the pick of the bunch on Saturday afternoon. And uh, yeah, Hallam making a, making a bit of a statement, I'd say, a 4-1 win. It was very much in a, a yeah a, a stunning second half performance which led them to victory. Uh, no goals to, to to report from the from the opening 45 minutes, but then uh, yeah, Hallam very much shooting into life uh, after the break, scoring four goals in the space of 23 minutes uh, to make it four home wins on the bounce for them now. Uh, Scott Thomas breaking the deadlock uh, before Matt Davis then headed them headed them two goals in front a couple of minutes later. Uh, Kyle Thomas he's been on an excellent run of run of form recently. He made it three nil. Uh, before Aaron Robbins, uh, likewise, uh, like like Thomas himself, is having a yeah pretty, pretty uh, pretty good run uh, in front of goal. He made it four 0 soon after uh, Exmouth did manage to to get a consolation, but it wasn't it wasn't to be for them. And uh, yeah, Hallen, um dizzy heights of of uh, yeah uh, up into up into third spot following this win. So uh, yeah, fantastic afternoon for for Hallen and uh, a, a tough one for Exmouth. Ray Johnson's blue and white army mm, doing absolutely. very well indeed. Um, and um, we also will have a look at uh, one of the other high-flying Devon clubs. Of course, Tavistock have come into the Western League this season and have pulled up a fair few trees, it would be fair to say. Um, but um, they came unstuck on a, on, a, on a visit to Street in Somerset. They did. Uh, an 11-match winning run they bought with them as well, Tavistock. So, uh, yeah, uh, taking on mid-table Street, probably, uh, well, I think most would have would have gone with uh, with Tavistock racking up another victory, uh, but it wasn't to be. And uh, Street, it was it was there who took away the points. Uh, Leighton Thomas, he's one of the leading scorers in the division so far this season. He he bagged another one for the home side, and it was also Cameron Andrews. He's having a, he's another one uh, who's having a having a decent season. So both of those two on the score sheet at the Tannery Ground, and it, yeah, finished Street two Tavistock nil. Another job, another saving. Brought to you by Tool Station. Is this all the receipts? Yes, boss. For everything we got from Toolstation? Yeah, why? I just thought we'd spend a lot more than this. Oh, no. We got all the best brands too. Makita, Santex, Karcher, Nest. Top job, top saving. With over 15,000 trade quality products at prices that are hard to beat, we're here to save you on every job. Hard to beat. At Toolstation.com and all 340 branches. Now we move on to the first division and we'll kick off with a close encounter of the Ashton and Backwell kind. It was Ashton and Backwell taking on Wincanton Town. Yeah, the big movers. Ashton and Backwell, uh, now seven wins uh, from their last eight, so they really are uh, coming up on the rails uh, to to make it up into those those top few spots. But they had to come from behind in this one against Wincanton to, to gain the 2-1 win. Uh, Wincanton, obviously, having yeah, they suffered a pretty 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 tough defeat last weekend, a, a pretty heavy Heavy one at that, uh, but they made a good good start at the Lance Scott Stadium on Saturday. Uh, Dan Wise putting them ahead from the spot after just 26 minutes, uh, but Ashton, uh, yeah, they managed to, to respond pretty well uh, and they grabbed a grabbed a share of the half-time spoils uh, thanks to a, a half volley from uh, James White, and it was then White again uh, during the second half managed to, to complete the turnaround and uh, yeah give, as I say, give Ashton back well their seventh win from from eight games, a 2-1 victory over Wincanton. Coming up on the rails, Tom. Mm. It's normally it's normally me that does the horse racing jokes with Wincanton. Ah, there, we, there we go. <laughs> Try my own. <laughs> well done. Uh, <laughs> now then, um, before we move on to our next featured game, um, we are gonna. Uh, there's a. I think we got a very special shout out for one <laughs> Western League player. Corsham Town were in. Inf- had an emphatic win 
at home um, to Bristol Telephones, and one player in particular really did cover himself in glory, didn't he? Yeah, I think it was just just worth mentioning Josh Bright uh, bagging a hat trick uh, for Corsham, a five nil win over over the Telephones, and uh, yeah, I think uh, that's a couple of late goals for for Bright to to wrap up the victory. But yeah, I think uh, just generally try and try and give the the players a mention when they when they uh, have a have a have a good afternoon in front of goal like that. So yeah, good good win for Corsham and a good afternoon for Josh Bright. Bright spark cuts off the phones. There we there's go. Your, there's your tabloid headline. Bingo. Oh, why that wasn't used in the Sunday Independent, I don't know. Anyway. Right then, moving on. And, um, well, a clash of the titans. Two of the top teams, two of the form teams in the first division came together at Southfield Recreation Grounds. It was the Miners against Carn Town. A very good day at the office for the home side, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. So, Carn... Uh, uh, having had uh, yeah an excellent start to, to 2020, now I think suffered two two back-to-back defeats, uh, a two-nil loss away at Radstock, who yeah themselves very much now uh, in the title race in sixth, but they've got plenty of games in hand as we'll look at in a minute, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, two-nil win uh, for the Miners. Uh, James Rust obviously always among the goals for them it seems. Uh, he bagged another one, and there was also a goal from Morgan Marsh. Uh, yeah, helping Radstock uh, reverse the two-nil defeat. Uh, that they suffered at the hands of Calm back in August. So uh, a good afternoon for, for Radstock and a tough one for uh, Tabletop in Calm. Well, I'll let you listeners in to a little secret. The, uh, the dark arts of the podcast every week, it's not always clear to me who we're going to be able to get on um, to do a manager's interview. In fact, it's not always possible to get the people that we want to get on. And um, frankly, with the fixtures that we had in the Premier Division this week, I could have had Ray Johnson from Hallen and I could have had the street manager as well because those two were standout results. And it was really the fact that Parkway were in FA Vars action that meant I ended up speaking to Lee Hobbs. But I knew from the moment that the fixture list was published and the the episode that we recorded last week on the podcast that there was only going to be one interview and it was going to in the first division and it was going to come from either the manager of Radstock Town or the manager of Carn Town to the victor the spoils and to Brett Partner and it was very easy to start my conversation with Brett because of course I had to pick up on the fact that um, well Radstock owed Carn won after that opening day of the season defeat that they had to the Wiltshire side. Yeah, it was um, it was a really good game to watch. Um, like you said, you know they beat us two 0 at the start of the season, which I thought we were a little bit hard done by. But in the day, the, you know the result counts two 0 to them. So in a way, my team talk went along the lines of you know remember what happened last game, um, and yeah, we just played really really well. Um, but again, it was a really good game to watch uh, for the neutral as well. So yeah, to catch the Titans at the top. So, Khan, they've obviously been doing very well this season. Can can you see why they're currently top of the table? Yeah, they've got three really good uh, forward forward players. Um, yeah, you can see why they score goals. You know, defensively they're pretty sound as well. They've got tall, strong lads. But I just did my research on them, uh, studied their last five six games, see what formations they played, uh, what players they've got, and so on. So. Literally, my team talks about half an hour of just talking about how to be calm. Um, but yeah, you can—they definitely should be up there. You know, they're a fantastic team when you watch them play. Um, but I think we just stifled them really when we when we played them. 
Now, one of the things that interests me about both yourselves and, and Khan is that both have uh, both clubs have put their trust in young managers. Both yourself and um, Ben Redford have proved that age is no barrier to success. Do, do you think that younger managers in the league have a more progressive outlook and a, a more progressive style of play, perhaps, than we're traditionally used to seeing in the Western League? Yeah, I think football's changing. Um, you've got all these modern coaches coming in now, and I think if you look at the league... Um, the young managers are doing well, you know, they're probably coaching more than usual. You know, I think back in the old days when I was playing, it was more less coaching, more more of a, a manager type type thing. You know, you manage the game days instead of coaching and uh, kind of, again, well-drilled. Um, and I think these, these new style of managers, it's, it'll be good for Western League football and it'll be good for, you know, filter down through the other leagues as well. Um, so... Now you're getting uh, good managers for game days, but actually you're getting good coaches for the players. And I think you should start seeing the quality of the, the performances from probably every team uh, improve. Now, you're uh, in sixth at the moment in the table, but you have got four games in hand over most of the teams in front of you. There is something to be said for having those points on the board, isn't there? I always say this, we are the sixth best team at the moment, you know, regardless we've got four games in hand. I know that would take us, I think, um, five points clear at the top. But again, you've still got to beat those teams in front of you when we do have to play them. Like I said, I'm just taking each game as it comes. Um, and the players are, are similar, to, you know, to what I'm thinking as well. Um, if we get too carried away of ourselves, that's when you start disappointing yourself. You know, you get a loss and if you get another one as well and, you know, form might start to dip. But just take each day, uh, each game as it comes and hopefully, you know, we can win our games in hand to take us five points clear. But For, for those of us who, of course, have been watching Radstock for um, for a while, concerns exist about, about the potential for the side to be a bit Radstocky. And uh, yeah. and and, um, and and perhaps go on a bad run, which is why it's so important to get those those points on the board. Of course, you came up against a very different Corsham outfit to the one that you played earlier in the season, and I was a little bit yeah. concerned that that might have the omens might not have been good. But you've recovered very well from that defeat. Yeah, I think we got a really good resilient resilient team. Uh, Corsham, fair play to them. You know, I wasn't there at the game. I was working uh, for my club, Bristol City. But um, what I heard um, was that the first half was very dominant from our side. Um, they sat back and then second half they got us on the counter. Fair play to them. You know, they won the game 2-0. Um, just it's instilling the lads of, like I say, being resilient and ruthless. And again, taking each game, you know, once the game's gone, it's done. You know, we focus on the next game. And it's quickly, how, how quickly can you put yourself back on track again? And like I say, since uh, that game, I think... We've got four clean sheets and I think four, you know, which is really good. Um, can't ask more from the lads, really. When we spoke earlier in the season, uh, I know that um, top four finish and and uh, was was certainly what you were. Uh, what you were planning for. I mean, mm. now we've sort of got halfway through the season. You know, with a business end, we've got over Christmas. What, what are you? Are you still? Are you still focused on a promotion push this season, or is really now everything given? Given how well you've done so far, is is it now really about a title bid? Well, start of the season. You know, it'd be nice to finish top four, but my my overall target really was to win the league, and that's from uh, start of the season, and that was from when I first took over the season before. So I said, you know. The season before, it was um, just stabilise the squad, get the philosophy, get the right players in, 
and then go win the league next year. And Simon Wilkinson, the chairman, would back me up on that. You know, even this stage now, looking at where we are, you know, why why can't we win the league? You know, we're we're showing some fantastic football. Um, got some really good players. Um, I'm confident in myself to to prepare the players tactically, uh, technically, um, and just keep doing my research and giving them information on the side of the pitch and encourage them as much as I can. Um, I don't see why not why we can't win it. Uh, there's you know everyone above us has got a chance as well, but I really do believe that. You know, we have got a really good chance, you know, especially our games in hand as well. But like I said, I don't want to speak too far in front, but you've got to take each game as it comes. And it's a hard one. I don't want to get carried away because I'm a very ambitious manager. I really want to win it. I'm very determined to win it as well. Um, but I just need to keep my feet on the floor a little bit um, and take, like I keep saying, take each game as it comes. Because if you do go up, the challenges of the Premier Division next season will be—I mean, they'll—they'll they'll be a very—they'll um, be very challenging indeed, won't they? Not just the quality, but of course the travel. It's going to represent a challenge for Radstock both on and off the pitch. Yeah, it's—you it's, know, no one—no one really knows what's going to happen. You know, there's ifs and buts and rumours going around. Um, I, you know, I built a team which is a lot of local lads, which is really good. But again, the travelling, you know, the club's got to look at that. And if it is going to be a lot of away games, you know, you've got to pay for maybe a coach. Make it as professional as possible. You know, I've I've made the club, along with, you know, my backroom staff and the players, we try to make it as professional as possible. And I'm hoping we can carry that on into next season with maybe a coach just to make it a bit more relaxed for the players and keep the players we've got. Maybe add a few more faces just to, to bolster the squad. But... Yeah, it's, you're looking into the unknown with next season. Um, again, I don't want to look too far in front. I just want to focus on the season, win it, and then and then we'll go from there. Well, let's get back to the business in hand. Um, Bristol Telephones, um, you've got them up next. And there's no point yeah. beating the top of the table side if you can't beat the, t- uh, the side at the bottom. Exactly. It's, I think it's just as a hard game as playing Carl, to be honest. You know, I've played... Um, Telephones quite a few years, and this season we had a tough time down there. Um, they played really good football, and again, they're such a resilient team when they're on it. Um, but again, they lost five 0 against Caution. But again, they might not have a lot of players, whatever the situation was down there. But you've just got to beat whatever's in front of you. And I've always said, you know, it's it's eleven v eleven. Anything can happen in football. You've just got to want it more. You've got to stick to what I tell you and exactly the same tactics, and you know you're you'll do the business. You know, if you start going to play your game or you're really not up for it or you're not focused on the game, regardless who you're playing, you know, you're not going to give 100%. I'm going to give the chance for the teams to get back in, but Wednesday, I think, will be a good test for us and I think it'll be good for for the squad as well. You know, it'd be nice to see other players get involved. You know, we've got a few players coming back from injury. Um, it'd be nice to get them out as well. I, I would treat this exactly the same as, as the calm game. You know, because you can't take it for granted. And if we look a, a little bit ahead uh, into March, um, that's going to be an interesting month. Um, you've got Longwell Green away on the third, and then four days later, you take on Welton Rovers in the Coalfield Classico. Yeah, it's um, Longwell's going to be a really big game for us again. There's, there's three games where I thought it's going to be our biggest games. Calm was one. Longwell was another one, and I think we've got Wales' uh, second last game of the season. So those three games are going to be massive for us. No 
disrespect to other team, you know, each team's going to be really hard to break down. But those are three for us because they're around us and compete to what we want. Um, those are must-win games. Well, it's a it's a hard one, you know. It's a derby. Anything can happen in those games. It's it's a test now for my players to keep focused. You know, our focus is on this title, and it's just another game. It's not a derby. It's just another game. We just got to beat them and carry on with our run. Um, obviously, for the fans and everything like that, yes, we want to win it. You know, we don't. We want uh, Norton to be red, as they say, not green. So yeah, it's going to be a must-win game for that, but not just because it's a derby. It's because we want to win the league. You know, we've got a fantastic load of players who who feel exactly the same. You know, and they take each game as a derby for whoever we're playing. So um, it's not going to be much different, really, for our mindset. And my thanks to Brett for his time. Now moving on, and um, our next featured game is. Um, Sherbourne Town, they were at home to an, Orm- an Ormondsbury side who'd started the week in very impressive style with a win over the league leaders. Yeah, indeed, and uh, yeah, so not not the easiest game on paper for Sherbourne, but they managed to managed to come through it, and uh, yeah, three one win uh, rally rally Grove for for Sherbourne over Almondsbury, uh, and they but yeah, as I say, had to come from behind Almondsbury. Um, yeah, a little, little uptick in form recently, which is good to see. Uh, and they did go ahead. Greg Parr uh, firing home from the penalty spot uh, following a foul on Stuart Alexander. Uh, but then, yeah, uh, Ashley Clark managed to, to score uh, just before half-time to get Sherbourne, Sherbourne on level terms. And then after the second half, they, they pushed on. Uh, Clark scoring another header uh, to make it 2-1, 10 minutes into the second half. Uh, and then they got a penalty of their own, the Zebras. Uh, and that was Josh Williams who took that one home. Uh, and so, yeah, a fifth consecutive league victory for, for Sherbourne. And finally, in the first division, Wells City, they really have been one of the form sides of the moment. They took on Portishead Town and it really was an emphatic win um, for the Somerset side, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it, it, it took a while for them to get going. Uh, first half stoppage time before they, they broke the deadlock. So uh, nearly 45 minutes of uh, yeah goalless action there. But uh, once Harry Foster had, uh, had broken through... Uh, Wales really did push on in the second half. Foster himself having a, an, an incredible season uh, for, for the uh, for the first division side, and uh, yeah, um, plenty plenty to look forward to for him and the club uh, over the next 20 20 or so games. I think um, they're, they're a team that going to be tough to tough to stop. Uh, but yeah, on, on Saturday it was also goals. Tom Hill uh, doubling the lead 10 minutes into the second half, uh, and then it was Ross McCurlane who's recently rejoined the club and he's doing really well again. Uh, and then Charlie Crook, who seems to seems to score more often than not, they both struck in the closing stages, uh, rounding out a comfortable 4-0 home win. Uh, moving on to the fixtures taking place on Saturday, the 15th of February, we start in the Premier Division as we always do. And Tom, what's your pick of the what's your pick of the pops? Gone for Plymouth Parkway versus Bridgewater. So obviously we've talked quite a bit about Parkway. <clears throat> It'll be interesting to see how they they do getting back into into league action. Uh, they've only had two league defeats all, uh, so far this season one of those came at the hands of Bridgewater uh, back in August so uh, they'll be they'll be wanting a little bit of uh, yeah, maybe maybe not revenge so to speak but yeah they'll be wanting to get one back on on Bridgewater and obviously it's a it's a big game for them in in the title race for, for Parkway so uh, uh, yeah good uh, looks like a good game down there uh, another big one uh, at Belifo Park on Saturday afternoon well um, there's plenty of good games uh, on offer in the Premier Division uh, this weekend. 
And, um, I mean, one of the games that caught my eye was Canesham Town. They're at home to Bitten. Of course, it'll be very interesting to see whether Bitten can keep their FA Vars form going in the league. Canesham, never an easy place to go, despite the fact that they find themselves towards um, the bottom part of the uh, uh, of the table. Um, but I'm going to go for Chipping Sobbury against Cadbury Heath. Um, these are two sides that are, are well and truly uh, in, the, in the bottom half of the table. Um, Chipping Sodbury um, lost um, in, uh, at the weekend, but I think that um, we, we've heard from their manager this, uh, this season on the podcast. We know that they can turn things around, and Cadbury Heath on their day um, can be a match for anybody. So I think that that'll be a competitive tie that both sides feel that they can get something from. Now, moving on to the first division, Tom, and what, uh, what, what, what's tickled your fancy? So I've gone for uh, Cheddar versus Wells. Um, yeah, a big game. Wells probably out of the... So, yeah, found a, found a little bit of interesting statistic that, that every team in the top eight, so all top eight, as of um, as of Monday Monday evening when we record this, obviously I think there's a couple of midweek games which might might affect league placings. But all of the top eight are away from home on, on Saturday afternoon, um, which, yeah, it's amazing how that, that, that manages to, to work itself out, but that's the way it is. So Cheddar in ninth, uh, hosting Wells is probably, yeah, you'd say on paper, uh, the most difficult game for one of those top top sides. So that's uh, yeah, and we know Cheddar after after last year's excursions that uh, they're a, they're a good side on their day. So uh, yeah, mm. I think that's the game game I'm probably looking forward to the most on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, they were pretty ruthless against Devices at the weekend. Really controlled that game throughout, and um, you know. Wins like that are only going to give them confidence, and they're going to need confidence against Well City because we know they're one of the better sides. But I think that's a really good shout, Tom. Two other sides that we talk about winning regularly. We've already done one of them, Ashton and Blackwell. They're away to Bishop's Lydiard. Bishop's Lydiard, we know they're a pretty handy outfit on their day. Um, so I think that uh, that game in the first division will be pretty tasty as well. Now then, we've uh, we've nearly um, exhausted our time here on this week's podcast, but we do have just enough time to cast our eye down the league tables. We did do the goal scorers last week. We're going to have a look at the league tables. And um, not a great deal of movement at the top of the Premier Division where, um, uh, where, the, where the top two were in FA Vars action at the weekend. Yeah, indeed. So we've still got uh, Bradford played 21, 55 points leading the way. Parkway over game in hand, 20 games played. Uh, they're on 52 points, so Parkway haven't played half of their games. Uh, so obviously, 40 in total for these teams. So about yeah, we're about halfway through. So 100 points definitely on the cards for a couple of sides. Uh, but we have got movement up into third. Hallen, uh, excellent, excellent run of form as we've discussed. Uh, they are now third. They've played 25, so a couple more than than the top two, and they're on 52 points, equal with with Parkway. Uh, and then you've got Shepton Mallet. Uh, they're tucked in in fourth. 23 games played. They've got 48 points. And then you've got a couple of Devon sides uh, who suffered maybe surprising defeats on the weekend. Tavistock and Exmouth, both 47 points, and they've both played 21. So they've got games in hand on the, the two sides ahead of them. Uh, yeah, but probably need to need to bounce back quickly from, from defeats on Saturday. And if we look at the bottom of the Premier Division, really there are four sides here that are effectively cut adrift I would say odd down at the bottom um, they've played 25 they've got 10 points two points above them Wellington played 27 on 12 points Chipping Sudbury Town just above them 
26 played 16 points although of course Chipping Sudbury have moved off the bottom and then one point um, above them is Bridport they've played 25 and they're on 17 points um, in 17th place is Cribs um, they've got 23 points so that's five points clear of Bridport in 18th and uh, now we look at the top of the first division and Carntown still still sit at the peak of the uh, of the first division Tom they do uh, only just uh, goal difference by one uh, is decided <laughs> Deciding it at the moment is very, very, very tight. I think it's tighter than it was last time when we just spoke, and that was that was as tight as anything as well. So it really is difficult to pick uh, where this is this is going. But Carl, yet yeah, 24 games played, uh, 16 wins, 50 points, uh, with a goal difference of 24, should I say as well. Uh, and then we've got Sherborne, obviously excellent run of form, 24 games played, just like Carl, 50 points, just like Carl, but they're on 23 their goal difference. So that is one behind. Uh, but yeah, there's there's well we've still. Well, they've each got 14 games left, so I don't think they'll, uh, yeah, they'll be, they'll be losing any sleep over their goal difference quite yet. Uh, you've got third place, uh, Wells, who we've discussed uh, on an excellent run of form as well. Uh, and they've they've actually lost less than the top two, uh, interestingly. But they've also played 24, which is nice. Uh, they're on 48 points. And likewise, uh, Longwell Green played 24 on 48 points in fourth. So uh, two points covering the top four. Uh, they've all played the same amount of matches, so incredibly uh, difficult to pick where that's going and I think we've got to mention the next two sides as well definitely in this title race uh, Ashton and Backwell played 23 so they've got game in hand and they're on 45 points so just three behind uh, third place Wells uh, and then Radstock uh, more games in hand than the others so they're on 20 games played so they've got four in hand on the top top four sides uh, and they're on 43 points and obviously having uh, yeah well they're doing pretty well at the moment, aren't they? So uh, 43 points, uh, five behind third place, seven points off top. Of the, well, in theory, they win their, then they games in hand, they go top. So um, those are the top six, and that's probably uh, about as tight as it's going to look for the rest of the season. But I, well, I can't pick it, and I can't wait to see how it plays out. No, absolutely. Two statistics that um, really stand out to me there, Tom. The goal difference for Ashton and Backwell United. Mm-hmm. Um, like two. Um, um, scored 38 conceded 36 so I mean that just goes to show the small margins but as you've said so many times on the podcast they've been on a really good run so uh, just goes to you know that just goes to show how important uh, that is and the other thing we have to say is I mean Khan have had a couple of difficult results in the last couple of uh, well in the last week really losing to Almondsbury and Radstock but in their 24 games that they've played they've conceded only 18 goals which I think is a really it's a real credit uh, to the defensive unit at Carntown and, and obviously is a massive reason why um, they're still top of the table. So congratulations to them. Um, we will cast our eye down at the uh, the other end, the strongest end mm-hmm. of the first division, holding the rest of them up. Bish, um, Bristol Telephone still at the bottom. They played 22. They're on eight points. Four points above them are Bishop Sutton. They played 23 games. They're on 12. Three points above them, Devizes Town. God bless them. And um, and then Welton Rovers in 17th. Um, they've played 24. They're on 22 points. So really, the bottom three are some way adrift um, of uh, of Welton Rovers in uh, in 17th. So that's that's the leagues um, covered. Um, before we before we move on, there is the uh, the small matter of the uh, the teams of the month that have been announced for January, and I can say that two teams that have featured quite heavily in uh, in this week's podcast um, are um, have have won those um, awards. Plymouth Parkway are your Premier Division team of the month, and Carn Town. 
picked up the trophy for January in the first division. So um, that's my administrative duties over and done with, Tom. Thank you very much indeed for your time and your excellent bulletin, as as always. And as we do, just in case anybody who's listening to this uh, (laughs) would uh, would like to have a look at the bulletin, you can find it on the Western League website. There's a tab along the top. Uh, which takes you to the uh, yeah uh, the most recent bulletin uh, where you can download it as a as a word and PDF format. So yeah, that should be up uh, every 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 Sunday Sunday lunchtime or so. Uh, looking back and obviously the games that have taken place, and then also uh, looking ahead at what's to come. Excellent stuff. Well, Tom, thank you very much for your time, and as always, I've enjoyed your company here on the Tool Station, Western League Public.